Welcome to Getting Real Estate with Josh and Casey. Josh Lenhart from Director's Mortgage. And I'm Casey Spore with John L. Scott. All right, welcome back to our part two of our Q&A episode. Yes, we've got a few more questions, and we'll start off just with a one last business one that we'll actually just kind of very much skim over because uh, one of our next guests is going to help us answer, but somebody asked, what the heck is escrow, really? <laughs> Isn't that everybody's and question is, what the heck is escrow? <laughs> I, when I got in the industry... I even went to the title and escrow company and they gave me like a tour. And even when I was done, I was like, I still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, essentially they are a neutral third party. Like their definition is they're neutral third party that handles like the money and the signing for the transaction. Right. So your earnest money, when you go to sign your final paperwork, um, they make sure that, t- that the property you're buying is owned free and clear so mm-hmm. that when you move into a house, this, that the seller's uncle can't come in, fly from a different state and be like, I have rights to that property. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. the escrow does a lot behind the scenes. But one right. of our next guests is going to help go deep dive into some of that. Yes, absolutely. So we'll touch definitely more in depth on it. And then we will all understand what the heck escrow is yep. really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's essentially they handle signing. They handle your money. They make sure your title is free and clear yep so um next question so just last one that is somewhat work related if you could travel anywhere as a broker or a lender and list a house somewhere else where would it be now i'm licensed in oregon washington california and arizona so i actually do business in other places but that's a tough question i mean i suppose like if i could be licensed in a place like a uh, new york or something that had like super high-end real estate that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world really cool (laughs) because you know realistically i don't you know since i'm licensed in a lot of states i don't travel to any of those you know like signings but being a part of those transactions i think if i like help somebody buy a high rise in manhattan for 20 million dollars i wouldn't hate it of course yeah yeah and you had given the opportunity to like fly there to go yeah that would be fun but yeah what about from the real estate side because then you could be like listing or showing that opens up a lot of interesting because you could go farmland out in the country and like beautiful farms with acreage and like a scenery or you could go again like these wonderful multi-million dollar high-rise apartments like in some fancy swanky what, what would you do yeah. where would you go oh my gosh i actually think that's hard because i oh my gosh i don't know like obviously if i'm traveling and i'm showing houses in different states and stuff like that like i want to have a really rich client <laughs> travel to some other state like I would definitely want and this is given the fact of like I still live in Oregon yes I don't I love living here yeah I don't want to move somewhere else so this is like I got the opportunity to be somebody's to a listing agent for someone who was yeah if you're gonna make that like and then you're away from your family exactly the work the extra like of course it's gotta be yeah so I don't know if I can pick one I'm gonna I'm gonna say three so if I like had an out-of-state client i would love to go show i am guys i'm a fan of selling sunset it's so dramatic it's like not a good depiction (laughs) of the real estate world by any means but like if we're gonna be a little unrealistic shoot for this i want to go show those houses sure they film in 100 that's where i'm going um but also i would love to go to new york and see the different high rises and stuff yeah Price point wise, this would literally just because it's a dream of mine to travel over there. I would love to go to Vermont 
and show like cute little houses in the oh, but I have to sell yeah. it in the fall. Okay. It has to be a fall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're closing and we're house shopping and we're closing. You've got your pumpkin spice fall. latte and your Uggs on and you're yeah. showing in the beautiful Vermont leaves. Not and quite that basic, Josh. <laughs> it's a chai with pumpkin cream cold foam. I don't do oh a lot gosh. of... It's a chai with I got introduced to the pumpkin cream cold brew last year and it changed my life. I Sorry, I'm just going to... Quick note. It was like a game changer. So when pumpkin cream cold brew <laughs> first came out... Um, I I'm like, this is what fall it. tastes like. Yeah. yeah, but I can't do, like, you know me, I don't need caffeine. Sure. Right? Like, ca- like no. Because then I just feel like I'm trapped inside my own body and, like, want to <laughs> tear my skin off. Right, right. But the pumpkin cream, because that was really kind of, like, that's when the cold, pumpkin cream cold foam came out. So it's kind of yeah. like, that's what how you order it. And now people put it on everything. But, so I was getting that constantly oh and every day just I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shaking in your own body. Yeah. Yeah. But no. A chai. I mean, it's very sweet, but get yourself a chai. If you like a chai. I do. Yeah, so get a chai with pumpkin cream cold foam. Oh, that sounds incredible. I know. Is it fall yet? I need it to be fall. We're going to go sell. That's what, we're going to go do a transaction in the fall in Vermont. In okay? Vermont, yeah. yeah that's what we're gonna and that's do. like these pie in the sky, obviously. It's like whether they're like these huge mansions or like something for me personally. Like Megan and I, we want to end up in like a kind of a farm style, nice sized home with acreage. So, like, something like in a Montana or something, like a beautiful, oh, modern-built yeah. farmhouse mm-hmm. that was, like, you know, like with, you know, 15 or 20 acres of just, like, beautiful scenery in the mountains and stuff. I, I wouldn't hate that either, but... I would honestly also, and this is, like, the creepy girl in me, I would love to sell <laughs> a house in Salem. Not not our Salem. Oh, okay. But, like, the spooky town, like... I would love to sell like a sure. haunted witchy little cottage, a hundred percent. That's my oh, like. Or I doing would definitely would love that. Doing homes like in the like in the Hollywood version of California, just on the off chance of like seeing some of like you know favorite celebrities. Yeah, like or something. celebs or something. I'm not even like a celebrity follower, but in general, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah. Well, that was my thinking of, like, if I sold houses, like, selling Sunset, like, up in those areas, the chances are that I would probably, like, if we're going to go celebrity, I'm going to sell in Calabasas because maybe I could become friends with the Kardashians. That's... (laughs) It's a pipe dream. (laughs) Don't lose respect for me, guys. That's okay. That's okay. I love them. Um, So, the last question, like, a personalized one is, I mean, so... We've given last podcast, well, I guess the last two questions. We did, like, our horror stories last time we talked about that. And somebody asked, like, about our, like, kind of our best transactions we've ever had. Yeah. And so, sincerely, I actually am closing on one uh, next week that could possibly... So there's different categories of this, right? Yeah. We could talk about this for hours where it's, like, the client experience or just how smooth it was or the price point. Like, I've sold my first million-dollar home, whatever it is, but... Honestly, I think a lot of it is when a lot of those things come together. Yeah. I just had a repeat client, which feels really good, reach out to me. He lived in California. He's buying his retirement home in Eugene. So being reached out to was already a big deal. Yes. He called me and like said how wonderful it was to work with me, which is great. He is working with another agent who is also like one of my favorite people. And so like That's having... That's not me, that... <laughs> Rude. <laughs> One of. I'm looking for a new co-host. Whoa! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Um, you are one of my favorite Correct. But like when you're working with another professional and then other, you know, like other yeah. good, it's like yeah. when you know the team behind you is good, it's a repeat client so that they, then they like are really appreciative working yeah. with you. And then it was like, he was buying his retirement home. It was super, the transaction was super smooth and easy, which is also great when it's like they have good credit and good yeah. income and all that. Like, of course, like just from the business side, that lightens the load, but also we're closing in like 11 days. And that all yeah. came from like good communication. He got everything to me. Um, he is actually is a doctor who lives in California. He's going to move here in a little bit. They're buying it as an investment property for now um, here in Oregon. But he's going to Burning Man in a couple of weeks. Oh, and so, cool. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to be like off, off grid for like a week and a half. Can we close in like less than two weeks? And I was like, well, let me see what I can do. And everything lined up. We got the appraisal back in like two days, which was crazy. All the underwriting went super smooth. We try to create that kind of experience, but when all those stars align where like you're working with good clients and good a good team of people and things go smooth and things go quick, like all of that lining up creates it's just like that that's the kind of experience you kind of live for in the yeah. industry. But yeah. What about for you? Like best transaction? Um that is kind of like a multifaceted a multifaceted yeah. thing. Um so I would say one of I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this two different ways. Sure. Um, one of my best transactions was honestly one that we did this year was we worked with this gal for, um, well, like what, a year? A year and a half. A year and a half. A yes. Year and a half. Yes. And yes. it was, it was not, it was not an easy Logistics from a from a logistic standpoint, it was there was challenges. It was very challenging. Sure. Very challenging. Her price point and expectations were challenging, but the fact that we, you guys, if you know the Oregon market at all, I found her a <laughs> stick built home on its own property for two hundred thirty five thousand dollars, and we were able to get her into this home where she did she did not want to live in a park but it looked to be what like one of her only options with her budget and we found a house in that price point that was finance we found a unicorn very much a it unicorn. was a unicorn and the process once we got to the point of getting it ended up going so smoothly and like the it's like 14 days or something 15 like it was it was very so quick. quick and so that Coming off of the best. year and a half prior, that was surprising. Yes, yep. it was incredibly surprising. And so that's one of my, I think that in the level of like the hard work and the appreciation of somebody who just did not have a lot of money to spend on a home and we were able to find her the unicorn and make the process smooth once we got there is... And I'll second that because she was like overwhelmingly... Grateful. grateful and like that just yeah so while it was one of my hardest hardest transactions it was also the best because it felt like again we accomplished that totally this fair. feat that felt almost impossible yep i agree uh, with you there yeah and then i would say uh any transaction that just is so smooth you know i was talking to a friend of mine and saying we're talking about like first time home buyers. We're working with these first time home buyers and like yeah. the things that they don't know and it's like actually so endearing. But like the things that we just are like, oh, that would make sense. Like sure. yes, if you have a job that pays higher, 
a job with higher pay, you can afford more house. Or like if you have a job with lower pay, you can afford less. And things that you would think like, well, that's common sense, but it's not. And then correct. And even like other routes of like helping them understand how to like get their credit and like different things like that. And they're just so grateful and appreciative. And I was like, this is why I love working with first time home buyers. Is yes. because it just I was a first time home buyer, and my first time home buying experience was horrible. It wasn't good. Right. It was... It's one of the reasons you got into the... Like, exactly. you're like, I, I'm not going to be that. Exactly. And so, to be able to be that for somebody, and they're just excited and grateful, and, you know, or, you know, clients that I'm in contract with right now, and I roll up, and, like, I met them at Open House, they're, like, the sweetest freaking people, and they're just our first, you know, our second meeting, and they give me a hug, they're like, hey, Case, and just like... Oh, oh yeah. I just... I feel like, I don't know, I think it's too hard Those to are my favorite right clients now. in general. In general. 100%. Yeah. So I guess it's not necessarily transaction-based. Transaction, my favorite one is one that there are no hiccups, everything comes in smoothly, <laughs> right. and we close on yes, time. Yes, yes. My favorite. But I think it comes down to my clients, and I was just having this conversation with my husband, I was like, I love all of my clients so much right now i mean i have so many that i love in general but like i'm like i i i want to be around these people yeah all the time like after this like i still want to be around them and i have so many clients like that even in past transactions and i'm like i it i'm very consistent in keeping up with my clients because i genuinely like to hear from them because i genuinely like them as people and i feel so fortunate that's so valuable yeah. too that they're not just a dollar figure or a transaction which is how a lot of people in our industry view the people they work with. Unfortunately, they don't view them as a relationship and as a person yeah. that you're trying to help. They just look at them as dollars and cents. And uh, going that extra mile relationship-wise, I think is the difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think I have, that's probably my best transaction, not because it was the smoothest, but because it was so difficult and we made it happen and we made it happen smoothly. So that's probably my best one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it just comes down to like clients. And then there, I think there was like one other question. Yeah. So just in terms of, uh, something personal, tell us something about yourself that may surprise everyone. Okay. You go first. I got to think. Yeah. About yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of share, this is like my fun factoid of like, when any of you get hired on a company that they're like, tell us something about yourself that's unique yeah. or whatever. Should we do two truths and a lie? Oh, we could. Well, I'd have to think about it now. Okay, but... okay. do this and then think about it. We'll okay. do two... We're going to end this with two truths and a lie. Okay. So my, um, uh, I was on a national speed skating team. Like, oh my God. Like X Games rollerblading speed skating. Josh, I did roller skating lessons in third grade with the intention to become a speed skater. Wait, are you serious? I am dead serious. <laughs> in, in Crescent, Oregon, there was this little roller rink, and the guy, I went there for a field trip, and he was like, wow, you're an incredible skater. Like, I won roller skating limbo two times. Um, and he was like, you need to do roller skating lessons. I moved, so it fizzled out quickly, but nobody have I ever met anybody else who was going to be a speed skater, and you actually were. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was in, that is insane. That's so funny. I was in high school going to my first year of college, and it was in Salem. There is a rink that's closed now called Skate Palace, and I used to go there on weekends with my friends. I rollerbladed my, like, half of my life since I was, like, seven or eight. 
and I was just, it was during the speed skating portion where like they have all the young people go off and it's like, okay, this is the time, just go nuts. So I thought I was pretty fast for me like 18, 19 years old and this guy just comes flying up next to me and just starts giving me pointers about how to more quickly round turns. And so after the speed skating was over, he introduced himself and he's like, I run the National Speed Skaters. We actually practice here. We have like people that are come from, you know, Eugene, the University of Oregon and like and ages like 9 up through like 25 or 30. And I train with some of like the top people in the nation in their categories of like X game speed skating. So I went to a handful of practices and I went to like one meet event. And, um, but I also then moved like six months in, I moved from Salem to Eugene to like, to continue college. I was going to Chemeca, I went to U of O, but anyway, so that fizzled out, unfortunately. But yeah, I was then like for a very short stint of my life on a national speed skating team. That, yeah, I can't top it. But how funny <laughs> that you were actually, you lived my dream for six months. I mean, you know, I had the opportunity. You had the opportunity. It was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was a great experience because I love, I love skating, so. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I have anything that, like, interesting. I don't know. Let's see. I've moved a ton. I think that's my my biggest brags are like not okay. usually they make How people feel usually they make people feel uncomfortable. Like my funny stories are <laughs> they usually make people feel awkward. Friendly, They're not like yeah. podcast friendly. Um, I so we did this thing. There was like uh, Jim Remley. He is like a real estate coach. He um, posted this thing of like. Um, you know, the average person lives, moves 11 times in their lifetime. Like how many times have you moved or whatever? And I was like, Oh, I should, I'm going to post this, you know, just like a good engagement, whatever. Um, and I was counting and I was like, okay, I'm not going to count the places or like homes that I moved back to, you know what I mean? Like I lived here and then I moved back and I moved moved back. Um, 46. Holy what? 46. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Um, That's so much moving. I know. It was a lot of moving. Um, Yeah, so 46 places. And, you know, but I will tell you, and this is what I tell people, is, like, I have lived in uh, Eugene, the Eugene Springfield area, Junction City, Coburg, Lebanon, um, Pleasant Hill, Dexter, so you have Vanita. a good scope so of the areas that you I serve. Know the area, like yeah. I Wilsonville. Um, I've lived in a lot of places, so forty six. That carried over to help your to real help. estate business. Yes, yeah. it sure, it sure did. Honestly, like all of that has, you know, the reason that I do what I do. Um, I think I've talked. It's a very personal thing to me, but uh, yeah. 46 places. I was, it's not speed skating, but that is my interesting thing. I did, I did do skating lessons. Skating lessons with the intention to with speed skate to in third grade. Speed, yeah, speed skater in third grade. That's amazing. I know. That's so funny. You actually, <laughs> I had no idea we had that connection. That's I, crazy. That's so funny. We're both cancers and we're both aspirational both, speed skaters. Yes, that's our, like, if I could it's, quit this job and do one thing professionally, speed skating. I don't think no. that's it, but. I mean, I used to be able to put both my legs behind my head and, like, walk on my hands, like, contortionist. I can still oh, get one okay. behind my head, that's but, like, wild. that's, like, 
I am not so that bendy like at all. Let me see if I can. I, can. I can't do it in jeans right now. I can't I can, even touch my foot to my head. Oh my yeah. god, I can still get my left leg behind my head, but I can't. Walk around. Walk like, around. That's insane. Yeah, I used to, that was like my, in high school, I found it out in aerobics class one day. Oh, okay. Because my so, friends were, oh. I was just like stretching my friends like, You're really can you put flexible. that behind your head? And yeah. I was like. Sure can. Yeah. And then we're like, try the other one. And then it became like a thing a that thing. everybody was like, do the light thing. <laughs> and then you're just like the creepy <laughs> weird kid walking creepy. on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's do two truths and a lie, and I think we okay. can wrap it up. Okay. Okay. All right. I Okay. Two truths and a lie. Um, I have been skydiving three times. I, the speed skating actually um rolled over into ice skating and i worked on becoming like a competitive speed skater with ice skating (laughs) i was in a world ranked uh raiding guild in world of warcraft like top five in the world okay i think your lie is the ice skating you are right. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think that you didn't ice skate. Oh, but... man. That seemed like the logical. I was yeah. like, I'll try to make it like seeming <laughs> yeah. close enough to something I just admitted that maybe people will. But yeah, unfortunately, the other two are true. The other two are true. Yeah. Well, that's, you know. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, I had 53 cats at one time. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a high school or sorry i wanted to be a middle school english teacher when i was in high school that was what i was going to graduate go to school for was to become a middle school english teacher okay and i have lived in six different states i'm gonna say the last one is a lie? It is. <laughs> I did generally have 53 Because at first it was like, that number seems so oddly specific. <laughs> and it's either, that's either going to be the lie that like, I'm actually, I hate cats and I don't have them. Or it's going to be some silly thing where it's like, I didn't have 53, I had 51. You yeah, know, like yeah. those kind of lies where I'm like, that was too specific. It can't be that. Yeah. We had five acres of property and I, I'm not a cat person now, uh, but. I was obsessed with cats when 50, I was a kid. I mean, if there's 53 in your house, you probably kind of have well, to be. They weren't in our house. We oh, had five acres of property. Still a I, lot yeah, of... That is 10 cats, cats per acre. I, yeah, <laughs> 10 <laughs> cats per acre. They want... Anyways, needless to say, it was like one, like one year that I had them because by the time summer hit, I lived in Lapine on five acres of property. There are a lot of coyotes. Oh, so that so 53 then, got dwindled down quite a bit. Quite quickly. To the three that were allowed to come inside. Shoot. <laughs> so, that's a lot. Bummer. That's sad. Peta's going to come after me for that. Yeah. They are. That's okay. Okay. Well, that's all right. Well, um, that is the end of our Q&A episode. Thank we you for will... the questions yes, that people have so submitted. Much. That yeah. means a lot. helps us out. But yeah, be stay tuned because we are going to have an escrow person to kind of explain a little bit of what that side looks like. Yes. In our next episode. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time.